Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my co-host, sister, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie! Hello! How's it going? It's going good. I mean, it's, you know, less than a week for, till Christmas. It's a, yeah, we're in the last push. We yeah. are. We are. It's pretty exciting. Um, you know, the thing I love about this time of year is Christmas is going to happen no matter what. So, yep. You kind of hit a wall of, well, I'm ready or whatever. This is going to be it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I know. read. It's nice. It is. It is. I, I read this hilarious um, observation of what Christmas is today from uh, a Muslim guy. Did you read this? Mm-hmm. I posted I on my Facebook page. He's He lives in the U.S. He usually visits his parents. Um over the Christmas holidays, but can't this year because of the virus. So his uh, roommates are are educating him in Christmas and helping him participate in Christmas. And he has this huge, hilarious list of all the stuff he's learning about Christmas, you know, and and so much of it is kind of nonsensical, frankly, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it was a really great um, observation of like from the outside looking in, you know, I just loved it. The ornament. They, they tell the him ornament. to buy an ornament, a special ornament for himself to put on the tree that you save and pass down to, uh, you know, your, your posterity. And mm-hmm. so he bought an everything bagel ornament. <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Well, and he did say that this is a part-time job from mid-December till, from mid-November to the end of December. And he had not realized how much work Christmas is. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true was so great yeah like you want to sleep in on saturday too bad you've got to hang up lights <laughs> you want to sleep in next saturday nope sorry you've got to hang up more lights yeah <laughs> yeah you also have to stress over the gifts that you are required to buy yeah. <laughs> it was it's really really funny i love mm-hmm. it i love that kind of observation that kind of makes you you know look at your own stuff a little differently it was really good yeah. Well, also Christmas can be or not be religious in any way. <laughs> yes. And he talked about how yeah. if he suggested that for Ramadan to his mother, that she would have a heart attack. <laughs> it was just great. It's mm-hmm. really, really, really cool. So yeah, mm-hmm. that was really fun. Kind yeah. of made me think, okay, got to chill the hell out here a little bit. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, it's good. We have a cold read case for you today. Yes. I'm going to present this case to Katie. She does not know what this case is. And she's going to give us a cold read on what she thinks is the truth. I I have a few questions for you. This is a listener suggested case. So thank you, Jeannie, for this. Um, I admit I have heard of this case, but I had never heard of what this serial killer is known as. And it's really kind of funny. It's almost like comic booky okay so i'm going to share 
in the stream right now so Katie can see it. This is a picture of the doodler. The, the doodler? doodler? The doodler, yes. Okay. So this is a doodle, if you will, of the doodler in 1975, the first picture, the one on the left. Um, when he was, um, in 1974 and 75, he killed maybe 16 people. They're not really sure. There's about five confirmed, um, but they really believe there are many more. There are also several assaults. So this is him in 1975. And then they've done an age progression doodle. (laughs) We'll get to why this is funny in a minute of him now. Okay. Okay. So the reason he's called the doodler. He was active in San Francisco in 1974 and 75, and he would go in gay bars and he would sketch people. He would sketch men, particularly white men, okay. and then kind of go up, go up to them. This was his pickup line, right? So he would wow. show them the sketch. Well, they would be super flattered. They would leave with him. He would have sex with them and then stab mm-hmm. them to death, mostly out on the beach. Oh, my God. Horrifying, Right. But there's this weird, like, comic books, you know, side of yeah. this. He's the doodler because he doodled his, um, drew pictures of his victims. Mm-hmm. And then the only pictures we have of him also doodles. I don't yeah. know. Weird. A lot um, of doodling going on here. I and really diddling, wanted, but that's a totally yes, different. Yes, that's also happening as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was really scary in, in that time frame. Uh, yeah. The gay community was really shaken up by it and really afraid. Unfortunately, I don't think that there was nearly enough energy put behind actually resolving this case at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, There were several assault victims who were, one was a diplomat, one was like a well-known local entertainer. Like there were people that didn't want anyone to know that they were gay. Yeah. And so they would not testify. However. They supposedly did identify the doodler in 1975, but because the victims would not testify against him, yeah, they've never even released this guy's name. He's still been a person of interest for all this time now, 45 years, crazy, um, but he's never been arrested. His name has never been released. Sadly, they've also never released any of the doodles. I really wanted to show you guys the doodles. I have looked everywhere for them. Mm -hmm. They're not out there. I was very curious to see what he was drawing because it appeared that it was good enough that people were pretty interested. You know, it would get people's attention and draw them in. And then that's how he would pick his victims, basically. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to tell you about a few of his victims and sort of what happened with them, because these are the ones that are believed to be uh, for sure attributed to him. Mm-hmm. So he, he is, was described at the time as an African American man, 19 to 25. He was about six feet tall and very slender. Some people called him lanky. Um, for a while, the police actually thought that these murders were committed by three different people. But they're quite sure because of their similarities now and also because of the doodling Mm -hmm. um, that, in fact, this was the same killer. Yeah, but they but but and and there are different different numbers on different articles and stuff. But it's believed that he killed around 16 people. There are some other murders that seem similar enough. 
and then at least three assaults on men who survived, who he mm-hmm. stabbed, but they lived. And um, so, you know, I mean, it, it really does appear that they know who this, who did this. Just so awful and strange, you know? Yeah. His name has never been released. But the the three um, victims were just very afraid to be outed and they wouldn't go to court. Was it was a and it, you have to consider what time this right. was. This was a terrible time, right? And they just you know they they absolutely didn't dare. They would be yeah. outed and um, at the time Harvey Milk, a, a, a gay, um, he was sure. a he was a politician and an a, and an activist and an activist, yeah, in, in San Francisco at the time, yeah. and he spoke out publicly about the victims who would not. Speak they they believe there are many other victims that didn't even talk to the police, let alone not go to um, court. And he mm-hmm. said, Harvey Milk said, I understand their position. I respect the pressure society has put on them. And, you know, because there were some, you know, there was some backlash in the gay community. Like, hey, you're not protecting other people right. by coming forward. But, I mean, we're talking about literal destruction of lives here. And so oh, they're just entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Harvey Milk said that he believed at that time in 1975 that 20 to 25% of the 85,000 gay men in San Francisco were closeted about their sexuality. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was a fairly large group of people here who wouldn't speak up. There is apparently a. Can uh, I a stop team- you right there and just say one thing that's coming in really strong? I just want to say it now. Um, I have such a strong connection to him in New Orleans. And I can talk about that later, but I want to throw okay. that out there. Okay. Very good to know. Very good to know. Okay. Let's see. What else do I want to tell you about him? Oh, I want to talk about the five victims that they are quite sure he are, he killed. Mm-hmm. So the first victim was Gerald Cavanaugh. And he was 49 at the time that he was killed uh, and he was stabbed. Mm-hmm. He was found on January 24th, 1974, laying face up on Ocean Beach in San Francisco, California. Um, He had been dead for a few hours. Okay. Uh, It was determined he was conscious at the time he was killed. So they know that he's stabbing them while they're alive. And he did have self-defense wounds. Mm -hmm. Um, He was unidentified for a while. Um, And he was a single man and there wasn't a lot known about him except that... There was a 911 call the night that he was killed from someone who said, there's a body on the beach. I think someone's been killed. I don't want to get involved. I don't want to get too close because I don't know what's going on, but I think somebody needs to get down here. So the police last year, so in 2018 and 2019, there was kind of a resurgence of maybe they can catch this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been some work done, especially the, the, the uh, finally catching of the Golden State Killer has really brought um, a bunch of cold cases back to the forefront because they're mm-hmm. realizing maybe they can use the familial DNA and, you know, stuff. Yeah. So there's been a call out to that person, whoever it was, because they were un- unidentified, that if you yeah. are the person that made that 911 call, please come talk to us. We want to know what you saw. Yeah. And then there was Jay Stevens, Joseph Jay Stevens. Um known by Jay, discovered on June 25th, 1974. Uh, This was near Spreckles Lake in San Francisco. Uh, Stevens was 27 and and had 
died not long before his body was found. Um, he had been seen at a club the day before. He was a drag queen and comedian. Okay. Um, and also same same manner of death mm-hmm. uh, that he was um, stabbed. And then there was Klaus Christman. He was a German-American immigrant. He was found by a woman walking her dog on July 7th of 1974. Uh, he his death seemed to be more violent than the other murders. Uh, he had way more stab wounds and had been slashed in the throat a bunch of times. Uh, unlike the other victims, he was married and had children. But he there had was a just two- a lot more anger behind this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I feel like a he fought back better, but I also feel like uh, whatever was said, he managed to really enrage the killer in a way that the others didn't Yeah, that I uh, really uh, created this, uh, you know, less, not just a power killing, but also there was, there, there was rage involved in this one where it hadn't been in the others. Yeah. Well, and he was a closeted gay man and he might've started talking about his wife and children. That, I, I wondered about, about that. that. Yeah. He, he apparently Klaus had some kind of, um, of makeup in his pocket which made police believe that he was probably um, a closeted gay man. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Then there was Frederick Kappen. He was 32 and he was found on May 12th, 1975 in San Francisco. He had also been stabbed, uh, stabbed in the heart. Um, he had been drugged along the sand about 20 feet. He was identified through fingerprints uh, he was a nurse, so his fingerprints were on file, and he was okay. also a veteran. He'd served in the Navy okay. in Vietnam. And last was Harold Goldberg. He was 66, and he was found on June 4th, 1975. Now, this one was a bad one. He was found in a decomposed state. He was had been dead about two weeks. This one's kind of a weird one, because he wasn't on the beach he was on a golf course and there was like all of this brush built up over him to cover him and that's when no one had found him for longer but it's kind of but they think because of the manner of killing that he was one of the victims of the doodler um because he was killed the same way but yeah he was killed on a golf course mm-hmm. hard to say mm-hmm. So, so there was a young man that the police suspected and they questioned, but couldn't go through with criminal charges. This was, you have to understand that there's a period of time where we didn't have what's known as evidence-based prosecution. What we had was witness-based prosecution. And so if you right. didn't have somebody showing up to say that person did it, this was before forensics was, you know, good enough that you didn't need the victim present to yeah. commit to convict somebody. So they were without witnesses. They really didn't have a way because they didn't have DNA. Mm-hmm. Didn't really have fingerprints. I mean, fingerprints were a thing, but it didn't seem that they had any, they mm-hmm. really didn't have anything, but these witnesses, right. Mm-hmm. So they were uh, very afraid of testifying in court. And so, I mean, honestly, the police just dropped this. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a weird thing. This is this is part of that I think that the police didn't take this nearly as seriously as they should have, because it was gay men. 
this young man, you know, um, the unsub, we shall say, because we don't know his name, was in was seeing a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist came to the police and said, he has confessed to me these crimes. And that was apparently not enough for the police to charge him. I cannot imagine that not being enough for the police to charge him now. And, you know, the psychiatrist came forward because he knew that this person was a risk to the community and had to speak Mm -hmm. up for, you know, obviously you have to be careful about that, but um, they knew that this person was a danger to the community. So they spoke Mm -hmm. up and they still wouldn't take it to court. They still wouldn't take it forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. So, no one, ever, no one else has ever been apprehended. There's very little, there's a lot, a lot of stuff not known about these crimes because the police in San Francisco have actually kept this case open. And so nothing can be released. Like mm-hmm. they haven't been able to release his sketches, the name of the victim, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. They say that the psychiatrist, now, now that they've really reopened this case and are looking hard, mm-hmm. they say that the psychiatrist's last name was Priest. Now, this is how bad their records are. They don't, they only have the last name of this dude. Like they can't find this person. Yeah. But you got to consider this was 45 years ago. Right. He could very easily be dead. Yeah. Oh, is dead. I think, I feel like that's the case. Yeah. Isn't it weird that like they couldn't put out a full name? Why? There was, there was just not nearly enough done in this case. Not at all. No. Gay men, you know? Yeah, this isn't very far away from the AIDS epidemic when, you know, this country proved without question that they would do absolutely nothing to protect the gay men in this country. You know, exactly. And that's exactly what happened with this case. And it just it just boils my blood Mm -hmm. to think that this has gone unsolved for this long, particularly because they literally have someone who confessed to his psychiatrist that he did this. Mm -hmm. And I actually believe it's true. I, I believe like that. I believe that really was exactly who it was. Really they was have kept her. an eye. I will say that the police have kept an eye on this person. They do mm-hmm. know who this person is. They did at least write that name down. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were two other potential suspects in 1977. There was a pair of men in Redondo Beach who were arrested in <clears throat> and questioned on suspicion of about 28 murders mm. that were similar to these killings they occurred after and trust me these are not my words homosexual encounters they don't believe it was them though no no however i do think that in the area word had really gotten around you know in the community not just the gay community but in you know communities in general and that uh maybe part of what we were seeing was like a copycat killing I don't mm-hmm. think that this guy killed the guy on the golf course. Okay. It just does not resonate with me that that was his crime. I feel no, like I that was someone that. else, something else. Yeah, yeah. that Harold Goldberg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That one, the other ones all resonate as, yeah, they were all his victims. There were a lot more, uh, yeah. you know, that didn't come forward. You know, obviously they probably weren't killed, but I feel like maybe there were more that were killed that we don't know about too, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, well, it makes me wonder about um, those killings in Redondo Beach and in other areas. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it exactly. is believed he didn't live in San Francisco, but he came to San Francisco 
to find victims and kill them. And then he lived somewhere else, which helped yeah. him not be as under as much suspicion. Mm-hmm. In February of 2019, the police in San Francisco offered a $100,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of this killer. Mm-hmm. And that's when they came out with the revised sketch or doodle of the doodler. Mm-hmm. And they did say that they would consider forensic a genetic genealogy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that was more than a, a year. Well, that was, you know, more than a year ago now, almost two. Mm-hmm. Still haven't seen anything. So I don't know. There is um, potentially coming out a doodler killer TV drama series. And I have not mm. seen that. I don't think it's been produced yet, or at least it hasn't been released that I can find, but you know, mm. guys, if you're watching on YouTube and can comment to us and you know that it's been done, please let us know. Cause I'd really like to watch it. Yeah. I, I think it will be hard to do um, a drama on this because there's so much information that's unknown and so much information the police are holding on to. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, what for else, sure. What else do you and want unfortunately, to I feel like it was kept open purposely for a very long time because they didn't want the spotlight to be on the police department because they didn't do their due diligence in these cases yeah. and the, the political ramifications around it because, you know, it's obvious why they didn't. And now it's like, okay, we don't really care about that now. Now we actually really want to keep it open because maybe we can solve this now, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like there is, in some way, this is, uh, you know, making, trying to make amends for the past, mm-hmm. if if such a thing is possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I do feel like there's an attempt now. But yeah, this just didn't, I mean, they literally had a suspect in custody who mm-hmm. had confessed, confessed to his doctor. How do you not move forward with that? You know, is that really about not, not having evidence-based prosecution? Is that really about not having witnesses or is that about not really giving a damn? That came from a higher source. Yeah. That came down from, uh, I don't know if I want to say that came from the mayor or it came from the chief of police, but that came from a higher source who said, we are not going to make a circus out of this. We aren't going to you know, we're, we're not going to make a big deal out of this. We're not, we're going to let it go. We're going to let it go under the rug there. Yeah. That was, uh, that was directly ordered to let this go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel that too. I feel that too. Tell and us a little absolutely bit. Absolutely out of bigotry. Oh, horribly. Yeah. Horribly. Um, tell us a little bit about the doodler. What do you, what do you pick up on him? So the doodler, the doodler is really interesting to me because He's one of those that I feel like if people knew, you know, that know him, knew that he did these things, they would be like, what? He's the nicest guy, you know? I feel like in high school, he was a very quiet, nice, artistic kid that, you know, was bullied a little bit and put down a little bit. And I was trying to decide if I think is the doodler actually gay or is this just a target for him? I actually think he is gay. I do. Um, Sometimes we see serial killers who aren't, you know, that just, Mm -hmm. they they want to attack men. Um, I feel like he actually was gay, but that there was, I think he was raised in a household that was some kind of like born again religion that Mm -hmm. was extremely harsh towards gay people. Mm -hmm. And that because of his, 
artistic tendencies in school. He was called gay and teased and harassed. And he essentially hated himself and hated gay people. You know, it's a, we've seen lots of people play this out in different ways, like politicians and things, you know, but a little little different in this aspect, you know, but you know, so he, I feel like he never really thought he could actually just be openly out and like be in healthy relationships. And then a much more broken part of his brain, you know, went this route where he was, uh, you know, I feel like he was good looking. It wasn't really hard for him. He he didn't need to be the doodler, you know, to get people's reeled in, except for that. I think he actually was really shy socially. And so it was hard for him to connect with people. So this was kind of his, uh, it was his icebreaker, not that he needed it, but it, he, does that make sense? Yeah. He didn't need it per se, but for his own uh, social skills, he needed it. Right. Like yeah. other people would have been interested in him anyway, mm-hmm. but yeah. this, this helped him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then of course, you know, he would spend a night with these people and then he would kill him because of the self-loathing that he had. I mean, I think it's pretty, it's pretty transparent, you know, really what this was about. I do feel like that as you were talking, I just keep seeing New Orleans, New Orleans. And I was like, I wonder why, what is the connection? I feel like after a time he did leave the area. Now I feel like he still has really strong connections to California and he may have come back, Mm -hmm. but I feel like during the eighties, he was in New Orleans. I feel like there are some killings there that could be tracked back to him as Mm -hmm. well. I think he spent the 80s in New Orleans. I feel like by mid-90s, he was back in California. I do believe he's still alive. Okay. Okay. He's, you know, he's a little older now. He's got to be in his 70s now. But he, I feel like he is still alive. And, you know, but again, I don't think it was just in California where he did these things. I feel like when he moved to Louisiana, he did more of this. Mm -hmm. And probably there's not been a connection made because of the time that this occurred Mm -hmm. yeah do you think that the police are going to be able to uh pin this on him do you think he's actually going to see a judge you know my gut feeling is yes when you ask me that i'm getting a strong yes on it that yeah before the end of his life he will stand for these things yeah good good yeah i I really do feel like they're trying at this point Uh um there hasn't you know it 2020 has been such a shit year you know a lot of this stuff started in 2019 and then Mm -hmm. a lot of things screeched to a halt in 2020 and and hopefully you know they're going to be able to get back to working on some of this stuff and Mm -hmm. yeah yep i think he will i I think there will be charges that finally come it'll be yet another one of those that we go huh you know they're almost too old to even you know (laughs) Right. Yeah. Almost too old for it to even matter at this point. Mm -hmm. But at least, you know, there are family members of the men that he killed Mm -hmm. that at least will get some closure. Why Mm -hmm. do you think he only killed white men? That's a good question. Oh, it was a part of the he was attracted to white men. Okay, it was a part of the uh, the game he was playing with himself to see if he could get them. Okay. So, you know, partly it was the picture, you know, and the, uh, the, this was all just kind of, it was, it was a game he played with himself to see if he could get white men to be interested in him mm-hmm. as a black man. And 
you know, then see how far you could get them to go with him. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause definitely race had a, had some kind of factor in it because all of his known victims yeah. are white. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Well, thank you very much for that. I think that this is a, uh, a case that a really a lot of people want to see solved and want to see a bit of a comeuppance about it mm -hmm. because with as much evidence as they had back in 1975, it's hard to fathom that that person wasn't, you know, charged and yeah. tried for, for what they did know that they had done. Yeah. Well, we'll continue to hold space that justice will still be done in this case. It can be. Most definitely. Most definitely. All right. Well, that is our cold read for tonight. We want to remind you that uh, we will have uh, three three shows like this this week, as well as our live stream on Wednesday night for mm -hmm. our case update. And there's some more Daybell Vallo shenanigans to share. Uh, we won't be doing our Thursday night live stream because it's on Christmas Eve and we're going to be celebrating with our family and, yeah. you know, going to be off having some fun. However, don't forget that we have our new membership here. It's called Spirit School. We did our very first Spirit School live stream this morning. It was a mm -hmm. winter solstice meditation. It was so fun. I loved it so much. So that is available on the homepage of our channel. When you click join, then you can see the things about the membership. I did schedule two classes to be done through the by the end of the year, and then we'll you know get into kind of a more regular schedule next month. Yeah. Uh, but on Sunday, the 27th, I'm going to be teaching an intro to spirit guides class. And then on Tuesday, I'll be teaching an intro to attachments class. Okay. And so with, uh, with the membership, that's what you get. You get a live meditation and two metaphysical classes a month mm -hmm. that you can um, attend live, or you can pick up after the fact if you can't be there for our live times. But it's a great opportunity to interact with Katie and I. We've been metaphysical teachers for 15 years, and we love our work. We've done tons of teaching, and we wanted to find a way to kind of reach that out further into the world. And this is how we've yeah. done it. So Awesome. If you want to learn more about Katie and I, you can go to truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com. You can suggest a case there. You can join our mailing list. There are places to click if you want to get a reading with either of us. It's a lot of fun. So go, go check out our website. Join our mailing list because we're going to start sending out some fun stuff there. And send us cases. We love it. We have a huge oh, list yeah. of case suggestions. Like this one was a case suggestion. Thank you again, Jeannie. Mm -hmm. This was a fascinating case to uh review so you know we can't know about all of them yeah. so please send us your favorites and we'll oh, yeah. send us unsolved cases that's what we like to cover is unsolved cases yep oh. okay our true crime paranormal so thanks for joining us tonight bye guys take care If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.